what am I waiting for now? 50, 60, 70? When am I going to be able to just be a, a more authentic version of myself? And when am I going to have confidence in myself? I've gotten myself to this point in my life. I sh- when am I going to be proud of myself? When am I going to allow myself to be you know, proud of myself? And it's not about suddenly being egotistical. It's not about suddenly being a, a, a dick. Um, it's about having a, a, a healthy self-esteem, you know? Um, it's so like getting, I'm like, why am I doing this? Like, what, like, I'm just going to go through my whole life, like not liking myself and doing what other people to ask me to do at the, at the, in, in realizing that like the reason that I don't like myself a part, big part of that is because I don't, I, I just do whatever people say, or I accommodate other people. I don't, I don't take, I don't put myself first. And, and that to me was, was it's, it's still difficult to do because there is a part of me, my, my, my default mode is to that's well, that's, I don't want to be, look like an asshole. I don't want to be egotistical. I don't want to be seen as a, you know, as, as arrogant or, or anything like that self-centered. Hey everybody, welcome to the Men on Purpose podcast or welcome back if you are a regular listener and thank you for being here. All of you, thank you for being here. This episode is another one of those super, super fun ones and I I love these because I never know where they're going to go and this one went deep into feelings and authenticity and honesty and integrity and I just, I have so much fun with these episodes. You know, Damian Fahey is my guest today. If you were born in the 80s or 90s or even the 70s and you remember Total Request Live on MTV, Damian was the guy who, who, who took over for Carson Daly. And Damian is one of the writers and producers on Family Guy. And I met Damian through Mark Henteman, who's also on Family Guy, who was on our show a couple months ago. That's not the reason why you want to listen to this episode. That's not actually the reason I had Damien on. I had asked Mark Entman, hey, do you know any really interesting guys that have a great story to share about who they are and how they became who they are and got through the shit of life and fought through the pain and fear? And he recommended Damien. So I wanted to give you all of his credentials because I think they're awesome and they should be celebrated because that's what he did. And what you're really going to fall in love with is the guy who you hear who pours his heart out on this episode about how scared he was and fearful and the way he got through it and the way he channeled the pain of his life into the radio. And, 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 and and it's just, it's a really freaking cool episode. And I love when I don't have a one sheet on someone and I basically just know them because they were famous in some capacity and to, to hear what opens up in this episode is freaking awesome. You are going to love it. And we have a lot of fun talking I'm really grateful and appreciative to Damien for getting so deep and just being so damn authentic. And this episode's fun and you're going to learn a ton in it. And I'm really excited for you to listen to it. Before we do that, let's take care of some business. One, thank you for listening. Really, really appreciate all of you. I get so much feedback from you. If you want to just balls up feedback, get it, get the feedback out, like click on the subscribe button on wherever you listen, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, give us a five-star rating and review. I'd love that. I really appreciate that. And any feedback that you want, even if you're scared to, like 
be courageous. Just write to me, DM me and tell me, Hey, I think you suck. I think you could do much better. I I'm fine with that. And I take the criticism and I course correct because this is really important to me. And I know it's important to all of you because you write to me and tell me. So thank you for being here. Remember, if you haven't already joined our, our mental purpose community or our quitters club community on Facebook, please go do that. Um, if you need anything about our coaching business or any of the retreats, masterminds or private VIP one-on-one coaching that we do, you can go to ianlobas.com. That's my name, I-A-N-L-O-B-A-S.com. That's it. That's all I got for you. You ready to go? All right. Enjoy. All right, Damien. Welcome, dude. I'm super excited to have you here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. I, I was telling, I was telling you earlier, I, I, um, it's so weird to have somebody that you knew 20 years ago from the TV space that obviously you didn't know me, but you were on MTV and it's just, it's just interesting to, to like cross paths 20 years later, two guys in their forties and like be celebrating careers and the things that we've done and the ways that we've gotten through all the stuff which is what we're mm. going to talk about today. And I think that's just oh, yeah. super cool. It's fascinating. It's special. So really appreciate you being here, man. I'm excited to be here. Thank yeah. you so much. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So like, just let's jump in, man. Let's t- take us yeah. back. Take us back to, you don't have to go too far back. Sure. Take us back to like maybe out, out, of, col- out of high school, out of college and your trajectory at that point or what are you doing or like what, what, what yeah. did you want to do? Um, when I was, I'll start with when I was 13, I, I, I sort of have described it on, on, uh, other podcasts is sort of like a hit by lightning, um, sort of a moment where, um, I was watching a simulcast of a radio show on television and it was, you know, people with headphones on microphones, buttons flashing. And, and I just, I don't know what happened, but it was like being hit by lightning and it was just became my. It's all I wanted to do all the time. And yeah. so I built a mock radio station in my, my bedroom nice. and, you know, I would spend hours and hours and hours in there. It's all I did basically was uh, pretend to, to be on the radio and I would talk over songs and I would do radio shows and morning shows with friends and everything and um, all in my room. And, and from there I grew out of that and I said, sort of said, I want the real thing. I'm going to, open up the phone book, you know, this is pre, pre internet. Well, it was internet, but it was pre sort of, you know, the internet we have now. So I'd open up a phone book and I, I said, I'm going to ask for an, in, I'm going to ask for a tours of three radio stations in, hmm. that are nearby. And I'm going to ask at the end of the tour, I'm going to ask for an internship. You know, I'm going to be really excited the whole tour, which is easy. Cause I, yeah. I was genuinely. Yeah. And I said, at the end, I'm just going to say, I, I need to work here. I, can I intern anything? Can I'll get coffee? I don't care, you know, whatever it is. And so I visited two stations and they said, no, both said you have to have college. You have to be getting college credits and, and you have to be in school and getting, you know, credits for it officially. And the last station said, um, yeah, you know what? Come on in on Monday and shadow the midday disc jockey and he'll show you how to run the board. He'll show you how to, you know, pull music and, and how commercials work and all that stuff. And so, that was sort of the beginning of my professional radio career was, was being an intern um, at this little station in Western Massachusetts um, called WMAS. And it was adult contemporary music. So we're talking yeah. Rod Stewart, Michael Bolton, Celine oh. Dion. I'm, I'm like 15 years old too. Right. <laughs> and uh, 
and it's not the music that I was listening to. I was right. listening to sort of like, I was listening to like spin doctors and like those yeah. more like, you know, Rocky kind of stuff. Um, but because I was around this music so much in, and, and they played so much eighties music. Um, and my, I grew up around, my parents played so much eighties music in the house and all sorts of music, but a lot of eighties music. Um, I actually sort of fell in love with this, this like adult contemporary music after a while. It kind of like, you know, <laughs> what is that syndrome when like, you don't want to leave your kidnapper? Oh, like, Stockholm. Yeah, it was like Stockholm yeah. syndrome, but like, you know, with like, um, you know, Barbara Streisand or something, you know, so, um, so it's pretty funny. And, and so I ended up getting into this music and I ended up like working there for, uh, or interning for about six months. And, and every Tuesday and Thursday I'd go in, I had a plan where I would go into the off-air studio, have my dad drop me off because I, I couldn't drive. So my father would drop me off at, uh, around after dinner, around six, and I'd go in there until 10 and pick me up at 10. And for four hours, I would just basically do what I was doing at home in my bedroom, but with real, yeah, you know, equipment. So I would, you know, load up songs and I'd record myself talking over songs. And I said, after I'm going to do this for like six months, get better and better and better. And then I'm going to make a compilation of my best, you know, breaks and yeah. give it to the pro program director, slide under his door. And so I did that. And it just so happened one of the um, overnight DJs on, on a weekend uh, randomly. Uh, I was a freshman in high school at the time. Uh, I got a call and I said, the, the overnight DJ is sick and, and, you know, we don't have anyone to fill in. Do you want to do midnight to 6am this Saturday into Sunday morning? Wow. And I said, yes, of course. So that was my first official, you know, disc shift as a disc jockey, sort of dreams coming true moment. Um, and then I rode that out for four years throughout high school. Wow. I didn't want to go to college at all. All I wanted, I had laser, I, I have, I actually got, you know, it's interesting. I actually got diagnosed um, a little year and a half ago with ADHD for the second time in my life. What, my first time was when I was seven and my parents didn't do anything about it. Yeah. And, uh, and then the, and then I was, I, I, I recently um, separated from, from my wife over a year ago. We're still friends and everything, but it was like, sort of an issue becoming an issue in our, our relationship that was sure. never talked about until the last few years. And so, um, I got into see a, a psychiatrist and, and, and I got, you know, went through a battery of tests and everything. And I told him about my childhood and said, Oh yeah, you have AD, ADHD. Um, and, um, yeah, so that, so, um, so anyway, so I, 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 with ADHD, apparently one of the qualities of that is, is lazy, not being able to focus right. and then laser and then focusing, laser. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like obsessive laser focus. Yep. And so I found that that's happened in my life and it happened with, with when I was a kid earlier with other stuff, but like radio, um, TV hosting and now writing. And so I was laser focused on radio. Um, didn't want to go to college. My dad applied to seven colleges for me. I got into, wow. uh, none of them, but one, the, the seventh one, you know, I got six rejection letters, then got into Northeastern under like the um, bad, bad grades, like bad on paper, but might have potential kind of right. like, like good extracurriculars, but bad, like in school. Yeah. Um, and so I, uh, I got into Northeastern and I said, well, if I'm going to Boston, I need to go to work at a Boston radio station. So right. I did the same thing again. I, I, I did shift after shift and I would record my breaks and I cut them up and edit them. And then I sent a CD off to this huge top 40 station in Boston called kiss 108. And yeah. I got a call like two weeks later from the program director saying, you know, you know, 
he thought I was like a 30, 40 year old guy. Cause my voice was like, you know, it was like 50, you know, it was like 18, but my voice yeah. was like really deep. And, um, and I ended up getting hired there doing part-time and I sort of worked myself at the, from the bottom rung of the, of the Western mass radio station ladder up to like filling in for full-timers. And then Boston, I worked my, I was back on the bottom rung there and worked myself up to filling in for full-timers in the afternoon and stuff. And then MTV happened after that. Wow. So that's well, sort I of, gotta, the, I got a question for you before we go to MTV. For One, sure. For sure. Th thank you for bringing into the, the, the ADD thing, because it's really interesting. I got diagnosed with ADHD when I was five and oh, put wow. right on, right on Ritalin. Right. And that was, that was, oh, that was rough. That was really rough. Um, and then in high school, like I went through a lot of, and, and I want to ask you this too. I want your opinion on this. Like, what were your experiences in high school with, with ADD? Were you on medicine at that point because you were diagnosed no. at seven? Well, your, your parents didn't do anything about it. No, they, I think okay. I got diagnosed. It was, I just, I, I don't remember exactly. I remember 88, he has, he has trouble focusing. He has trouble following through. He has trouble retaining. I would take these tests where I would read uh, uh, three pages of, of a book and then they would quiz me on what, uh, the book, you know, what I read and I was getting it wrong or I was thinking I read something that I didn't read. Yeah. And I, so it was, it was, it was pretty bad. I was actually in, um, they put me in instead of, getting me on um, medicine and sort of or therapy. I mean, whatever the right route was, you know, yeah. they didn't do that. And so they put me in um, special education, the special education room where I was in um, normal classes um, all day. And then once a day, I would go into the special education room. And um, that really took a toll on my, on my self-esteem and I don't mean to sound, you know, judgmental no, or callous. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was really hard. And I lied to my friend. They're like, where, where do you go? Like, you know, and I would say, Oh, I think I'd lied about it for a while. And then they found out that I was in, um, they, you know, kids sort of had, they called it the sped room, which was a, a sort of derogatory, yeah. um, term for, you know, like they'd say, Oh, he's a sped, you know, like that kid's such a sped, you know, and yeah. it was like this derogatory term. And so like, and they were saying that before they knew I was in the room and I'm like, Oh my God, I can't find out. I'm like in the, in the special education room. And so there was a lot of, um, it, it, on top of feeling alone and like there was something wrong with me and like, it was hard to make friends. Uh, I, I had that sort of on the, and also just the typical sure, awful high school. Like, I mean, if you had a great time in high school, I feel like you were, a total asshole. <laughs> like that's like the only people who <laughs> yeah. have fun in high school. Yeah. Um, and so that just the horrible, miserable, um, aspect nature of high school on top of, uh, or, or, or like, you know, being in the special education room on top of the, 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 the baseline of like oh, high school sucks anyway, yeah. um, was, was really difficult for me to cope with. What's the, was the, um, like, I remember that you and I, are, you and I are the same age. Like we went that, I remember that, that term because yeah, that was scary. Like I'm, I'm lucky that my parents advocated for me to not be in that room, but that room was full of, of what I thought were very at that time from my perspective. And this was in like mm. elementary and middle school. I, I yeah. thought that room was full of very scary people that were very unpredictable because yes. it, the special education room was not for 
people with ADHD. It was for people no. who had major learning disabilities, major disabilities, mental challenges, that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, kids were in wheelchairs, kids were yeah. screaming. There was a lot, yeah. it was very- It was like a psych know. ward, dude. And it scared the it, shit out of me. I remember when somebody had, had uh, my, my parents went in to do like an IEP, I think it was the name of it. And uh, mm -hmm. and the the school psychologist or whatever this quack's name was said, you know, I, I, would, I would recommend that he's in a special education class. And I remember my dad going, fuck that, man. He just doesn't pay attention. That's it. Like he, he doesn't need special education. He, he, he just doesn't like himself. He, he doesn't like school. He doesn't like right. learning shit that you're teaching him. And that's okay. Right. And I'm okay with that. Right. So right. It, it's just a, it's a very, it was a very interesting time. The eighties, I feel like a time war because today we're like me as a parent, I'm, I'm so aware of how my kids learn. And I put them into a classroom in a situation based on oh, how yeah. they were, right? Oh yeah, no, the eighties. It was like, just <laughs> yeah. don't bother your parents. You know what I mean? It was like, it was right. like, just go, just leave me, like leave me alone, just right. get out of the house. And yeah. now it's so funny because it's the it's the opposite. It's like, it's the it's the complete opposite. It's like, where yeah. are they? What are they doing from four oh five to four fifteen? They're gonna have lunch, <laughs> and then they're gonna eat an apple, and then they're, we're gonna right. have juice, and then we're gonna go outside for sunshine for twenty four minutes, not twenty five, yeah. because there's a study on the internet that says kids shouldn't have more yeah, after three p.m. And it's it's like, oh my god, it is so far. And I think obviously, yeah. like like everything else, including yeah. politics, the answer is in the middle. You know what I mean? Yes. Like it's yeah. like it's it's. So, so it's, it's, it is pretty wild when I tell people about like, you know, growing up in the eighties, it's like, like, oh my God, you, you know, my parents would be arrested today for just letting me go out, you know, from nine in the morning, coming home at like seven at night, riding my yeah. bike around town. And, but it was You'd awesome. Be on it was, the news. It was great. Yeah, totally. So, somebody would be like, I, I found your child one mile from your house at a grocery store paying with their own money. Right. I'm posting this on Facebook. What yes, an exactly. Asshole parent. Yes, a, and then my parents are canceled, and then they don't. They get fired, and they don't work. And they, yeah, it's like it's so insane. Yes, but that oh, that is our reality that we live in, unfortunately, and it and maybe fortunately yeah. for like the 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 vastly irresponsible adults out there who somehow oh, yeah. have children. Right. That that protects those those ones. It, it is a double edged sword. Yeah. So what did that do to you psycho like psychologically? Did that traumatize you being in that class and yeah. having to hide that from your friends? Yeah. Is, is yes. that why? Um, go, ahead. go ahead. No, keep going. Oh, um, <laughs> I I had, uh, it, it, you know what? It's interesting. It, it, now I'm realizing because I've been in therapy for five years and um, I'm realizing, I just realized in the moment now when I was telling you about the room, um, there were a lot of like, loud outbursts where it was yeah. like suddenly someone's screaming suddenly someone's yeah. swearing suddenly like it's it was like a, immediately like a, a fire was like you know and it's like how so it would sort of and that was um you know i don't want to paint like i had a, i had a really i think the majority of my childhood was was awesome and, and and my parents were awesome but there was also a dynamic in the house of of, of that of um going from zero to a hundred at any given moment and you don't know yeah. when it's coming, but it was a lot of yelling and a lot of like, you know, loud, like throwing of things. It got like it, intense yeah. and I was just a kid. And of course, you know, it was the eighties and, uh, and it was that, it wasn't like, how do you feel, you know, about last night? What did, when you heard, how do you feel? Are you okay? It was like, it, though, like all hell breaks loose. Yeah. I'm upstairs, like completely panicked. 
I fall yeah. asleep. I wake up the next morning and then it's like, Hey, good morning. How's everything? Good. It's, it's like, it's never talked about. Right new day. Yes. Yeah. And so I just became sort of, um, it's not PTSD, but it, but it, it's, I don't know what another it's term PTSD. would be. Like a, tr- a, a triggering sort of a thing is, is for me is sudden. I still don't yeah. like it to this day. Like sudden loud noises out of nowhere. I'm super, super sensitive to. Um, so that was, that was sort of a similarity. And then I think just also growing up, um, you know, it was, um, for, for me, I had, um, I, I, I would say I was very creative. I was an only child. Um, I made my own fun. I got into, I, I didn't feel alone as a kid. Well, it's, it's weird. It's because I had a lot of friends and, and I would spend a lot of time with friends, but I, I sort of did have a bit of a lonely childhood. It was sort of, um, hey, we're going out on Saturday. We're going to go to, you know, do an adult thing. And then, you know, it was, it was a lot of like adult things. It wasn't very... Yeah. You know, I, I say I never went to the um, I never went to Disneyland with my parents. We never went on trips. You know, it was like we never went on vacations, you know, as a family. We, um, you know, we spent summers uh, on, on Cape Cod, which I guess could be a vacation. But we, there wasn't ever like a family get yeah. in the car. We're going to the airport. We're going to go to another place together as a family. It was sort of like um, it was sort of a lot of me being around adults in adult situations and just observing um not being too loud i was around a ton of big personalities right. as a kid um both my parents um are teachers uh, uh, artists um so it was very like creative and, and and that was really great for me um both my parents are super 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 funny um very observant um they could pick apart somebody like ferociously Um, um, because it, and I, you know, through therapy, you realize it's because there was this dynamic in the house that, that wasn't being dealt with. Um, so it was all outward criticism because they, you know, was sort of trying to keep, a um, try try to keep the focus on the, on other people and uh, anything to keep, to, to pull focus into what was going on, um, you know, in the house, in, in the, in their relationship. Um, my dad came out in 2013 um, as, uh, as you know, he's gay. And so that was, um, that was a, a dynamic and that, that was sort of like the thing that, you know, don't talk about it. Don't. Well, wow. yeah. The, the fear of talking about your feelings, I think, um, or, or talking about your feelings was, there was a fear around that because I think they thought that might lead to, um, you know, secrets coming out. Did your so. mom that, that do that? That's such a, Thank you for sharing that, by the way. It's it's such a great yeah, revelation. Yeah. It's uh, I don't think I've ever said that on a podcast either. Before. No, I, that's why. I but but to it's also like it, it 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 you know it's and, and while I was saying it, you know, I'm I'm going. God, do I want to say it? like, is this what if my parents hear? But you know what? It's like I There's think somebody it's really, out there that needs to hear that. Yes, it's so important. It's like it's yeah. it, because I have felt alone so much uh, for, for a long period of my life. And it's very odd because I was on the radio, I was on MTV. I would say my, some of my loneliest moments were when I was on this television show surrounded by screaming kids and like, you know, but these, this like, how could I feel alone? You know, it's like, you're going out with celebrities, like partying and stuff, but it's like, there's this weird, like, what is this? Who am I? Why am I? It's like, it doesn't feel 
real. So there was like sort of a loneliness that came with that. But but yeah, I think, um, like you said, if someone hears this and goes, oh, you know what? Because on the outside, you look at, you know, my my career and and all the awesome jobs and you go, God, Jesus, this, you know, yeah. screw this guy. He's got it all. He's had every job he's ever wanted. You know, he's gotten everything he's ever wanted. And, but it's not, you're a human being. You go through stuff, you know? What's up guys. I'm so sorry to interrupt the episode. I just need one minute to share with you all the new and exciting, amazing stuff we've got created here at Men on Purpose. First of all, thank you for listening to the podcast and supporting the movement we're creating for all the men in the world. Next, you've got to check out our new website, menonpurpose.net, where you'll find all kinds of cool stuff, including links to our podcast and the free Men on Purpose community. You're also going to find our new free purpose-driven formula mini course and ebook and links to all of our new coaching programs and products. Look, I've had so many of you ask me where to get started with your personal growth journey or where you can go to level up. So I put this thing together, this free ebook and mini course, and we're going to be talking about and coaching you through a really light version of our purpose-driven formula, which is our foundational formula. And for those of you who are ready now, we got you. Listen up, whether it's becoming the best husband, being the best dad, quitting that job that doesn't serve you, or just understanding how to put you first, we've got what you need to align with your authentic self and find that true fulfillment and live a life with no regrets. Look, we're helping men with structure, support, and sustainability. That's what you've asked for, and that's what we deliver. As we lead you through proven and tested curriculum that focuses on formulas to help you get farther faster. So make sure you go to menonpurpose.net, Click the button to download our free, powerful, purpose-driven formula mini course and ebook. And while you're there, make sure you check out some of our amazing products designed to help you find your purpose, stop self-sabotage, and dial in your mindset, skills, and habits to evolve into the best version of you. Why? Because we want you to live and have the best life possible. No regrets. So, mentalpurpose.net, let's get back to the episode. Well, yeah, that's that's why we have this show, man. And that's why, like, that's great. When I, when I, Mark said to me, uh, I, I have a lot of interesting friends and I said, can you introduce me to some of them? And not like, I'm like a fanboy, like just cause I want them on the podcast to tell a cool yeah. story. And Mark's like, well, what do you, yeah. who do you think you're looking for? And I said, somebody who's got a cool story, who's a human, who's been through some shit and it's willing to talk yeah. about it. Right. So yeah, that's why yeah. I wanted to acknowledge you because that's not easy to talk about. Did your dad have trouble with any substance or anything because he was hiding that? No. Um, interesting. He did not. He, um, well now, now, now that he gets you know. stoned all. The, now he gets stoned all the time. <laughs> um, you know, I think they would. They were hippies. You know, like in the '60s and '70s, they met in art school, and they. My dad looked like David Bowie, and my mom looked like uh, Cindy Lauper, and you know, it was always like I think it's bigger than life rock star parents, and so, yeah. um, you know, my dad wasn't a big drinker. He he didn't like drinking. I would say his, his, his drug of choice probably was just weed and sort of getting stoned. But I don't, I don't ever, I don't remember. I don't remember my dad. If, if my dad's drug of choice was work and like his in keeping busy, there were very like any moment where not like there were very few still moments um, with my parents. It was in a lot of the, if they're, if in between uh, you know, fixing the house or painting the house or, you know, fixing up the backyard. He always had these, you know, tasks he was doing. Um, if there was any time in between, it was filled with either talking about other people and like making fun of them and being silly yeah. and stuff. And like, yeah. just, you know, and now it's like perfect. Cause I work at family guy and it's like, all right, we need a joke for, uh, you know, Amber heard or what it's like, okay, perfect. I got like 10 immediately, you know, thanks yeah, for yeah. my, what my parents get. And it's like, um, 
so so there was that which was fun as a kid but then there was a lot of anxiety like it was what was that from? so intense that was, was the from, unknown the unpredictability that was, from, that was from the unknown that was from i think um you know that was from uh like I said, the dynamic, you know, not the secret, not getting out, um, that kind of, did a you thing. know so the secret a, back then? I suspected, but I became very good at a young age of, um, denying my, my feelings and sort of, um, putting my feelings second to the overall, to, to, I would say to my, um, to the overall dynamic uh, in the family. So that's, I mean, I'm a people pleaser. It's like, you yeah, know, I've, yeah. I've worked hard on, 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 uh, on that in therapy. Um, but yeah, my, my mode for so much of my life has been uh, people pleasing and saying yes yeah. when I don't want to and, and um, accommodating people and, and, and being like, well, I don't want to let them down. I'll, I'll sacrifice my, you know, my, feelings for the feelings of someone else you know it's more important sure. that someone else be happy than than me sure. be happy and i don't want to let someone else down and and so that's you know yeah so that all that comes from that yeah i've been i've been through that as well and i don't have any like anger or resentment or anything toward myself or toward other people because i made those choices to to put someone else's needs before mine and mm -hmm. i go you know, obviously being a, a, a personal development coach and having an expertise in that and understanding psychology and trauma and stuff like that with our, you know, the way that we build our coaching practice and, and help people move through that very psychological, very trauma-based. Yeah. And, and I think about that and I go, but what, like, what, what damage did I do to myself and what did I take for myself by not thinking I was good enough or that I was worthy mm. enough or that I actually mattered enough? Cause one yeah. thing that I, that came from my own coaching, my own, you know, therapy sessions was that, that I was running this theme inside of my mind in my body that said, I don't matter. Yeah. And I was, I was yeah. saying it in terms of this anger that came outward of fuck it. It doesn't matter. That was my thing. Fuck. It doesn't matter. I'll fix it. I'll figure it out. Mm. I don't need you. Right. Mm. That, mm -hmm. that came after the people pleasing. Right. No, fuck it. I'll, I'll figure it out. I don't need you. I don't need right. this girlfriend. I don't need this. Yeah. I don't need this wife. I don't need this. The, I, yeah. I don't need any of you. I don't need any of you employees. I'll figure it out. If you can't yeah. do it like me, fuck it. I'll figure it out. And then right. what, what started to open up was what that really meant was, um, I would, when I said like, F it, it doesn't matter. I'll figure it out. What I was really saying was F it. I don't matter. Mm. And because I think I don't matter, I won't count on you because if I count on you and you don't deliver, you're just confirming that I don't matter. So I, I might, I have to come and do this myself. Ugh. And I, if I don't do this myself, then I'm at the mercy of you potentially yeah. crushing me. And I'm yeah. really fragile, even though I look like I'm not like I'm really fragile. And that's, right. that was my trajectory through therapy and through coaching was to oh, figure that out about myself. Did you ever have that's anything like that? Like that? I don't care about myself. I don't matter. Those kind yeah. of things. Yeah. I mean, I think for a long time I hated myself and, uh, um, yeah, I mean, it's even hard to say, you know, it's such a, because I, sure. because I, I'm at a point now where I, I, I think over the, you know, I turned 40, I just turned 42 yesterday, actually. But when I turned 40, something happened and I just sort of, um, I woke up and I'm like, wow, I'm 40 now. And I remember waking up and being like, 
for some reason I was like, I thought, you know, when I was in my twenties or thirties, I'm like, well, I, I just have to be older to figure it all out and be confident. Yes. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and then I turned 40 and I'm like, it'll be so for some reason in my head, 40 was the age where I'm like, it's yeah. all going to snap into play when I'm just, I just need to be 40. And then I turn 40 and I'm like, I still feel like this. What the, what is this? Yeah, and so yeah, yeah. I said, um, I said, fuck this. I go, what am I waiting for now? 50, 60, 70? When am I going to be able to just be a, a more authentic version of myself? And when am I going to have confidence in myself? I've gotten myself to this point in my life. I sh- when am I going to be proud of myself? When am I going to allow myself to be you know, proud of myself? And it's not about suddenly being egotistical. It's not about suddenly being a, a, a dick. Um, it's about having a, a, a healthy self-esteem. And, and, and I grew up in Massachusetts where if you thought, you know, my God, if you got your car washed, like it was like, whoa, who do you think you are? Fancy guy with like a washed car, you know? Um, it's so like getting, I'm like, why am I doing this? Like, what, like, I'm just going to go through my whole life, like not liking myself and doing what other yeah. people to ask me to do at the, at the, in, in realizing that like the reason that I don't like myself, a part, big part of that is because I don't, I, I just do whatever people say, or I accommodate other people. I don't, I don't take, I don't put myself first. And, and that to me was, was it's, it's still difficult to do because there is a part of me, my, my, my default mode is to that's well, that's, I don't want to be, look like an asshole. I don't want to be egotistical. I don't want to be seen as a, you know, as, as arrogant or, or anything like that, self-centered. Um, but, you know, a friend of mine, he, he, he gave me a good piece of advice, which is, um, I was telling him, I forget what situation we were in. And he's like, he's, he was telling me to, you know, to do something. And I'm like, ah, I don't want to, just don't want to be, I don't want to be like dickish. I don't want people to think I'm an asshole. And he goes, yeah. dude, you're not an asshole. He goes, even if, if you had, you're, no one will think of you as an asshole because you're not an asshole. And I go, oh, wow. That actually like, that actually makes sense. And so I've used that with a right. few like friends who've been having trouble with this sort of thing. I'm like, you're not, you don't give off the, that vibe. So it's not, you know, once you start, you know, uh, having self-worth and self-esteem, it's not going to come across as, as you being an asshole. It's going to come across no. as Authentic. cool. Like I want to be yeah. around this person. Um, yeah. I used to find it very difficult to even like, I, I would always think I was bad one-on-one with people. I said, I would avoid one-on-one, um, hangouts. I always like, I like being, I like to chime in. Yeah. With the group yeah, and like yeah. throw a joke in yeah. or throw a story. Um, I'm an introvert, you know, by nature, but I'm also very extroverted, like in a group and, and, and I feel comfortable because I don't feel the pressure of keeping the ball in the air of the conversation. And so I realized also through therapy that a lot of that was, um, I spent my entire life not talking about my feelings and then I got into therapy and it's all I wanted to talk about with my friends. And suddenly I'm yeah got my, my relationships with my friends got so deep and changed and in really profound, cool ways. And now I feel more connected and more, I feel it's weird. I feel, I thought I, there was a time where I was like, God, am I like, is there like something disconnected in my brain? Because I don't feel anything. And, <laughs> and, uh, and then I got into therapy and it was like, Oh, I've just been 
you know, in denial of, of what I've, of my feelings, you know, for, for so long that, um, so anyway, so that's, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm realized I'm doing a little ADHD speaking right now, cause I'm going all over the place, but I'm, I'm trying to sort of paint a picture of like five years of what I've no, learned five, did. through five years of therapy in, you know, an hour long podcast or, or whatever this is. So if it's a little, it's a little messy, I apologize, but it's, uh, it's, it's all true. So dude, it's, it's fantastic. And it's, and it's well received. The only person that has to control their ADD on this program is me. You get to, oh, nice. Out. Okay. You, awesome. you get to ADD cool. out. I, I'm the one who has to practice, like not coming in real fast. Cause I, oh, I'm really, oh, right, 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 right. But I see you're writing you know, stuff down, so that's good. So you can. Yeah, you know, I'm always it. I'm always writing so, stuff, and I, I practice how to listen and, and be active listening and write stuff down. So there's, there's something I want to go back to real quick. That, yes, sir. Um, dude, that, what, again, I I love that those revelations. Like when you said, like, when am I going to be the most authentic version of me? Is it is it now? If it's not now, like, when the hell's it going to be? Is it another ten years? Is it another ten years? Like, I'm going to make that the 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 intro clip, and I want people to hear that because. There's so many people who come into my world, my coaching world, and they say like, uh, can you help me get financially free? And I'll yeah. say, for, for what? And they go, well, then I can live my life. And they go, yeah. can't you live your life now? How much money do you need to live your life? How much money do you need to, to, to like say that I'm worth it, right? Or that I'm valuable or that I matter. And that's the, that's the base level foundation of all this stuff is if you don't do that, it doesn't matter how much money you have. Like I, I was on, I was on a stage somewhere and I said, look, financially free doesn't mean shit. Legacy doesn't mean anything. If you're a dick and you got a ton mm -hmm. of money, like financially free just means you have more time to suffer inside. It really is. If you don't do the work now. And, yeah. and I love that, that one of the pieces of your message is you, you got to know that you're worth it and go do the work because your life yeah. matters. I mean, you don't know how much time you have and why spend no. any more and more time? In fact, I think that freedom doesn't, I, I think it's a, it's a, it's incorrect to think that freedom and money are, are so that there's a direct link between the two. Obviously it's better to have money, right? Like it makes life easier for sure. Um, but you know, I have a friend who's, he's got like 15, $20 million and he's one of the most, you know, he's never been in therapy. He's one of my angriest friends. He's one of my yeah, yeah. most scared friends. He's, yeah. um, awkward, you know, and like around, like very insecure. And, and so money isn't you, the, the foundation of freedom, I think is, is really, is getting into therapy and, 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 and really digging and being like, it, it has to start inside of you because money is not going to suddenly make you confident money is, is yeah. it might for a couple of weeks or a couple of months, but you're yeah, going to go back to your baseline. No. And yeah. so it's about working on your baseline and being like, you know what? I don't like my baseline. What is it that is making me feel this way? And then it's like excavating all of the, the shit that yeah. you went through as a kid. And then I think honestly, once you've done that work, I think then if you get money, you go, Oh, like now it's like, Oh, I can enjoy I can enjoy yeah. my life. I can enjoy this. Yeah. Like it's, it's, that's freedom. Yeah. Agreed. Why do you think that most people aren't that curious about themselves and are more scared to actually tap in to those darker corners of the inside that are scary? scary it's, it's, it's yeah. the scariest thing you can, you can do. I mean, you know, um, I think it's, 
you know, it's it's what it's the it's the it's the reason that um, people now politically are, are so afraid to, if you're left, God forbid you say, you know what, I actually think um, Ron DeSantis has a pretty good, I you know, I, I like he, that he does this, you know, like right. he, he proposed, oh my God, you know, it's like, well, <laughs> it's, and then it's like, if, if someone on the right goes, you know what, I actually think Bernie Sanders actually makes a lot of sense with universal healthcare. It's like, oh my God, you, it's like, what do you, you know, you want to ban guns? And it's like, you, it's just, everyone's so fixed in what they believe because yeah. it's, it's comforting. Right. And yeah. so it's, it's scary to number one, it's, 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 it's this fucked up thing in our heads where it's like, if you admit that you're wrong, it was just so stupid because we're all human. And that's literally the experience of being human of is being wrong, learning yeah. from being wrong and then becoming yeah. a better person. Right. And, but if you, if you refuse to learn and you refuse to be wrong, you can never evolve as a human being. And so it's like, well, what are we doing here? I mean, you know, it's just people. So anyway, I think it's, I, I think it's just, you know, it's not, um, there's a lot of courageous things that, that people do, obviously. And there's a lot of like bravery in the world and, you know, but I think no one really, the message should be more out there that like going into therapy with a good therapist who, who you really connect with, that's super key because there's a lot of bad therapists out there, but someone that, and, and someone who makes you uncomfortable, makes you deal with you know, your issues and can pick you apart and, and, and you learn from that. I think that, that to me is like, that's courage. That's bravery. I mean, for, you know, especially for, for guys like us growing up in the eighties, I mean, it was like Hulk Hogan, Rambo, Stallone, right. you know, it's like, like, like Schwarz, Schwarzenegger, shoot things, kill things. Men, yeah. you know, never cry yeah. men, never, what would a man cry in a movie? Never. And it's like, you uh, know, yeah, I don't I don't remember any in the 80s. Like in an action movie, it's like they're all no. kicking ass and like, no. you know, in the hot chicks and it's like and so we have this like idea. And so it's it's like so to be like, you know what? Everything I was sold as a guy has been sort of I mean, look, I love those movies and I think that there is there 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 is a very guy thing about about being that way, right? Like like, yeah. you know, guy. But I think to deny that like guys don't have feelings and guys don't like is, is insane. It's like, you know, and I think it, it's, it's extremely unhealthy now. You know, I think we, right now, especially we should all be talking about um, how we feel. And I'm not talking about like political issues. It's like, well, why do you, why are you so afraid about this? And, 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 and you start to realize that like, you know, you, you talk to people and, and you open up and, uh, and I've, I've noticed it and people, people want to, People are dying to open up and people are, they dying, are dying to open up for, yep. because, because everything, um, everything now is TikTok. I don't want to sound like I'm, you know, old man yelling at a cloud right now, <laughs> but I've listened to a lot of podcasts with experts about, you know, the internet and so much of what we put out there is a, is a version of us that is not real. And so yep. much, so such a large percentage of our lives now is spent on, on, social media websites that are you it's a curated version of yourself right. and you're 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 unconsciously acting a way um that has a reward system yeah. and so and even if whether you know it or not and so there's something 
inauthentic about pretty much everything you see on Instagram and TikTok and, and all that stuff. So when you, so we're sort of swimming in this sea of inauthentic, uh, I'm not sure if that's a word, but it, it inauthenticity, is. it is. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so it is, here. That's, I, I don't know if it is, it is here. It is here. So it, yeah. that's, that's the currency now, right. In, in, in standard American culture is, is, is Instagram, TikTok, show your best you know, restaurants and, and, and you look, you know, everyone's filtered and everything. And it's like, Jesus Christ, can we just see a person who looks like a person, you know, like with a blemish? It's okay. You know, like I, right now look, I'm like, I'm looking at myself. I'm like, hey, I, it looks like I have bags under my eyes or something. Like, <laughs> you know what? I'm a human being. I don't give a shit, whatever. It's like, you know, but I think it's like, so anyway, so I'm saying we, we are being pumped with, with so much of this. And now I've connected it to, I've had some discussions with some friends. Um, I've had some friends get really into jazz music um, lately and they I'm, I, I think I'm connecting it somewhere to so much of today's music is so perfect and um, you can program a drum, you know, record a drum, a drummer who can't play drums and you can quantize perfect it and make timing. it absolutely perfect. And you can make yeah. the vocals perfect and every, there's no ugly, there's no messy, there's no pimples. There's no, so you have this entire culture and I know I'm going on a rant here, but um, no, no, I, I, keep going. I think you have this whole entire culture that is just dying for authenticity and for someone 100%. to come out and, 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 and to at a party and be like, you know, for someone to be like, oh, you know what? I'm, you know, I don't know. I'm, uh, I have, I have self-worth issues or I got into therapy or so, so when you hear about that, suddenly it's like, because of what you're so used to being exposed to, that becomes extremely interesting and that becomes extremely real and it's yeah and we're still we're still you know all this technology is new but we're still we still have our primate brains like we're still like you know evolution doesn't human evolution doesn't match the pace of technological evolution so we're right, using right. these things which are you know i like you know i've got a lot of great things off the internet got family sure. guy off the internet sure. um but but i think it's like realizing that to to go around and like not talk about things as a guy with other guys, especially with your guy friends is it's such, it's sad. And it's also, you're, you're not making the most of your relationship with your, with your, with these people you love. I mean, like, you know, it's weird. Like imagine telling like guy, guy friend, like eighties, nice. I love, you know, man, dude, I just want to let you, I love you, man. You know, like, and I've said that like to my, my buddies, you know, it's like, yeah, because, you know, especially in, as you get older, you lose people, you lose things, you know, and you realize this is all fucking temporary. And yeah. at any moment, you know, like, you know, 9-11 happened on a, what are they always talking about the sky? Like, oh, it's not a cloud in the sky. It was perfect blue. And yep. well, guess what? There's a lot of those moments. Was, you never know. Yeah. You never know when, when shit's going to hit the fan. And you never know when you see somebody again. And it's like, get that shit out. Get it out. It is so helpful. And, and not only does it feel good to say, but it feels so good to see someone like accept it and feel what you're saying. Yeah. Like, so, so anyway, so that was a big, long rant, obviously, but, um, <laughs> but I think I spent so much of my life not having conversations with friends, you know? Um, and I remember the first visit home, I introduced my then girlfriend to my parents <clears throat> and we hung out. We went out, we joked around, had a good time, had dinner and stuff. And then, you know, um, and then, you know, 
we left the stayed at the house that one night and then i said well what would you think you know it was what do you think of my parents and you know and she goes they're great you know they're super funny and they're super fun to be around you guys are great but like you guys don't talk about anything and i'm like what are you talking yeah. about there wasn't a moment of silence we, it was non-stop talking and um she goes yeah but you, it's like you don't talk about it's you talk but you're not talking about like depths like depth and yeah. that to me was was like oh interesting and then through therapy i remember she said that and and i connected that to myself and i'm like well if the I must do that with everybody. You know, I must have, I must not connect. I feel like I'm, I'm like 40% connecting with these people that I, you know, are my best friends. And I'm like, how can I, you know, really extend that? And it's like, Hey, you know what? Be honest. Talk about how you feel. And, and, yeah. and by the way, being honest, is not about being like, oh, I'm so fucked up. And like, you know, it, it can be like, I'm happy and things are great, but, but that can't be the, that can't, it can't be Instagram 24 seven, you know, like, like, or, or a shit facade, happens. like, you know, when I, I, um, I remember my, uh, my parents were fighting like really badly in a, in the car on the way to a party. I was, I might've been like 10 and I remember my mom saying, Hey, smiles on like, this is our oh, business, yeah. right? It's our business. Yeah. And, and I, and I understood even at like 10 years old, I understood what she was talking about. Like, this is our business yet. What she was saying is it was like, it was like snap. Don't snap this picture. Snap the one six seconds from now when we get out of the car, and we're like, Hey, you know, yes, yes, snap that totally. picture. Like, oh, that's nobody funny. would go, Oh, you guys were battling it out in the car. No, no, of course not. Like, look at us. We're so happy. Look at our uh. polos. We're so happy. We look like a fucking Ralph Lauren ad. This is great, right? I remember yeah. that, and uh, and it's interesting because I feel very feel very um, fortunate that my wife and I one of the one of the great skills we have among all the challenges that we have too is that we can communicate very deeply and very openly with each other, and God, and I think that's a massive a massive benefit because there's nothing that's not said. When you, when, and, and we have friends and, and, and other people in our lives that the only thing they talk about with their spouses is surface yeah. level shit that happens yeah. like outside of the house or it's having yeah. to do with the kids going to school or it's what happened yeah. today at the office. And I'm like, hey guys, do you realize there's like a 400 foot mine below you that you got to travel down like Dude, into yes. your psyche and like yes. you guys haven't talked for 20 years you've been together yeah. now and yeah. How about the challenges that you cry yourself to sleep at at night and you're yeah. sneaking little pony bottles from the convenience store? Like, why don't Ugh. you, why don't, why, can, can you not count on your spouse to support you? And that's another challenge is yeah. the person doesn't feel like they can speak it because they don't feel like that other person, whether it's a friend or a spouse or a, a girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever, mm -hmm. is going to actually support them or create the space for them to feel safe enough. And that's what you and yeah. I are talking about is yeah. we didn't feel safe as no. kids to express our no. feelings. I mean, think about it. Like, I don't think up, my parents know? knew how to do that. No, 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 no. It's a generational yeah, thing too. I mean, you know, yeah. my, my, you know, my dad came out when he was 63. I mean, it's like, you That's know, crazy. you go, you go, how could he live his whole life? And you go, well, yeah. his, you know, his, I mean, he grew up in like the fifties, you know, it's like, yeah, we're and then the sixties, yeah. he was like, uh, you know, like becoming a teenager in like the, uh, like around 1970. I mean, 
you know, I mean, that if you think about like the eighties and the nineties, the worst thing to be called was like in schools, like, oh, dude, don't be gay. Like, you know, you're gay. Yeah. It's like gay was such yeah. a, was such an insult, you know? And so, right. and that was the eighties and nineties. So it's like, you know, um, yeah, yeah. Well, that back it's, then it was like, dude, have you ever, have you ever read Molly Shannon's book, you know, from SNL? No, I love her. Yeah. No, I haven't read that. Her, her book. She was on Howard Stern a couple of weeks ago. Her book is all about these, this major tragedy that happened. Uh, her dad was out drinking and the family got in the car and a, and a car crash happened and like oh, half geez. the family died. Whoa. And, and, um, and her, Somebody said later on in life, you know, because her dad was still boozing, still trying to hide and, and like compress the secret. And somebody yeah. said, your, your dad's closeted. He's been closeted your whole life. Like he's oh, wow. come out. And, and, and I didn't hear any more of the interview. And it reminded me, I've never heard anybody say like what you're saying. My father came yeah. out at 60 years old. That's, yeah, that's crazy to me. It's crazy. Right. But, but think it, about crazy. what gay meant back then this it's not hot it's not west hollywood in 2022 it's well now it's like it's like you come out and it's 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 like holy celebration. yeah it, well it's, it's yeah. a celebration but it's but at, now i feel like it's almost like 10 years ago 15 years ago was a celebration now it's just like okay he's gay you know it's like yeah sure. it's like okay you know <laughs> right of course right. people are gay but like people are straight people are gay yeah. you know it's like or people are bisexual sure. people, you know there's whatever but people um, thought that it brought shame to your family back then like to, totally. for people to have to and that and that's our fucked up society right let's not we're yeah. not going too political that's that's our fucked up society is that like that would have brought shame to your family back then and you had to keep yeah. who you were right authenticity a secret right. and use other modes whether it be alcohol or work by the way that's a substance yeah. to, to hide your true authentic self it's crazy yeah yes. it's crazy crazy i want to i want to i want to tap into something real quick before i forget about it the sure, um sure, you, had, sure. you had said something about you know e e like being on camera being in front of a room of screaming people like you still felt alone you know yeah do you ever walk down the streets in new york city and be you know elbow to elbow with people and feel like you couldn't be more alone around thousands of people totally Totally. Yeah. And I'm like, who are these people? Yeah. Like, where are these people? Right. Like, why are you walking right. like that? Move, let's go. You know, it's like, <laughs> I go right into like critical mode. I'm like, why would you, yeah. why are you checking your phone right now? What are you doing? Like, it's, <laughs> it's right. totally, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but that's that was a wild the time. I mean, the case, the yeah. case for that would be, and this is what I teach my kids. Like when they see homeless people, especially here in LA, those people, they don't think that anybody sees them anymore they think that right. people just step over them and bypass them they don't feel seen as a human so the, right. the the easiest thing that we can do to be of service is just smile at somebody and go hey man yeah i, I got you i see you right yeah it's it's super i'm easy. telling you that's super easy i mean there are days where i feel lonely and um i will uh i'll just go on a hike and i'll say hi to somebody on a hike and even yep. just like i'll go out and it's not me i usually don't like to you know, I feel like I'm bothering people, but I found that like, I'm like, I'm going to try it and see in just a small little, you know, in-person sort of like connect. It feels good. It's like, yeah. it's weird, you know? Yeah. And it's like, Oh, that's okay. That's what we're meant to do. We're supposed to, sure. and obviously through, through, through COVID and everything through lockdown, it's, it's, it's messed us. You know, it, it took away that, you know, and it's, it's not healthy. Sure. It's really bad. We're meant to, again, it's the thing of like, we have an advance with technology. It's like we're supposed to be together and work in groups and, you know, 
So um, that's a that that's crucial. I found that's something I've learned through 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 the COVID thing. Um, is that I, I I like my alone time, but I also realize oh I really need to be around people and I need to like yeah yeah yeah. So dude, I I I want to with the time that we have left. Which sure. by the way, that was that was the needed stuff. That was the really needed stuff. Great, great. I still want to talk about MTV and Family sure. Guy, which people are going to yeah, write to course. me and go, how the fuck do you have Damien on? You don't talk about. Okay. Oh, yeah, so, totally. So you go, you like we, we started talking about it earlier. How do you get into MTV? Oh, you know what? Here's what I want to ask you. All of that stuff that you're dealing with as a kid, the special education, that kind of stuff. Did, did you channel all that? maybe fear, rage, or energy into the radio piece? Is that what you oh, did? Like, yeah. It's, that, that's oh, the... yeah. Through, oh, dude, okay. absolutely. I mean, it's, I, I wonder for, it seemed to me, you know, I said bolt of lightning as if it was some random event. My therapist goes, you were, you were in this, it was only you. So all the attention was you, you felt smothered um, constantly. Yeah. Um, you know, your parents want to, they were in your business constantly. Um, and you, you grew up with, you know, all you wanted to do was like to just get a break, you know, from like the, the, sort yeah, of yeah. the tempo of the, of the house. And so he goes, think sure. about it. You locked yourself in a room by yourself. You controlled yeah. what communications went out and what communications came in. And he goes, mm -hmm. and that's what you dedicated your life to having control over, um, having basically having control and, yeah. and, and expressing yourself, you know, it was, he goes, you because I didn't feel like I could truly express myself. And so it was a medium by which I could, I could do that, you know? And so right. that was absolutely a hundred percent, but it was, yeah, it was not dealing with like, it was the fact that we, we didn't talk, you know, and, yeah. and I was in my, you know, and then my dealing with being in denial about, you know, um, you know, my dad and, 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 and just being like, well, I can't deal mentally handle that. So I, I funnel it all into work, all into, That's all into radio. And then it's all common. into MTV. It's super common. Yeah. So how, how do you yeah. get how do you get an MTV if you're really not this the the major confident guy that you would like we would assume that somebody who gets a job on MTV. Yeah. At that point when MTV was what it was back then, people listening who yeah. are in their twenties today are like, MTV? What oh uh like Jackass yeah. and, and yeah, yeah. Jersey Shore? No, like MTV when you rushed home to catch yeah. TRL, to figure yeah. out the newest shit out there. Like that was yeah. it. And that was it. How did you have the confidence to do that? Or was it just purely on the skill or were you just fighting it back? Dude, I don't, I mean, I, it's, it's crazy to me. I, I literally just had this conversation with my therapist two nights ago, but it was, um, I would, I would wake up when I got the job, I would wake up every morning for six months. And how did you get that job by the way? I was, so I was doing radio part-time in Boston and the promotions director at the radio station was friends with someone who knew the casting director at MTV and they'd been all around the country, MTV looking for um, a new VJ. Um, I had heard they wanted a rock VJ. They were looking, looking for a rock VJ. And so yeah. um, she said, you should try out, you know, we're, they're going to come to the station. They're going to, a bunch of DJs are going to try out. And, and I think you, you have the look, you got like, you know, you got the hair, you got the look. I think you'd be really good for it. And I'm like, uh-uh, I'm not doing it. I just want to be on the radio. Don't want to do that. Because you wanted to hide in the radio station. Yeah. yeah. Yes, right. And I was, and I just loved radio, you know. Yeah. And so then I was fresh off the heels. I had tried one television audition. It went horribly. It was awful. It was very embarrassing. And um, I said, I'm not putting myself through that again. And 
She goes, no, come on. It's, and I, you know, no, no, no. And so I finally gave in, right? People pleaser. That's one of the positives, you know, because it yeah, is, there are positives of being a people pleaser. And so um, that was one of them. And so I said, all right, fine. And so I begrudgingly auditioned. And because all the other DJs were like, cared about being on MTV. Right. Um, and I didn't, you know, I was like, I don't care. I just want to do radio. Um, I went in, not nervous, yeah, loose, had fun, was real. Again, so we're going back to this like authenticity authentic, yeah. thing, real. And, and, and I guarantee, I don't know, maybe I was the only person that they saw out of, you know, the hundreds of people that they, they saw. I wonder if I was the only one who went in going, I don't want this. I don't, yeah. please, I, who, I don't care about this. Like I was pissed. I had to write a couple of video intros before, you know, the morning of, I'm like, Oh, oh God. Oh, right. I have to do that thing. Okay. Uh, blah, blah, blah. I like whatever. <laughs> and, uh, and then the second I went downstairs and they said action, I got my first laugh off of the thing. What, you know, thing I read and I was like hooked. I was like, nice. it became, it was another lightning bolt. I need this job. And so then it was just a matter of like, you know, call back in a month, come to New York, uh, another call back in like two months after that. And then I got the job and it was sort of like, you're on for the summer for the, for the beach house. And it's a trial period. And then oh, I passed wow. the trial period and I got the full-time job and they said, okay, you're going to be replacing Carson on, on, on TRL. Which is, dude, so that's, that that's actually good. very iconic for, for anybody that doesn't know that period of time, Carson Daly and TRL were, it was iconic. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to even, it's, it's hard to even, say what it's like now because well there, it, does, that it does, wasn't doesn't exist anymore like the way you felt the way that you got the social proof that a song was good was from mtv and from all the screaming teenagers who yes. were standing behind you how the hell you heard anything to talk to the camera right. i don't know but like right that that was how you knew like oh that song's number one Psst, yeah. i gotta go buy the cd and totally Maybe by that time I could I could get it on Napster. I could get it on Napster. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Legally downloaded yeah. on Napster. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. No, it was huge. I mean, it was it was it was massive. I had interviewed one person my entire life before that. They asked me if I had interviewed a lot of people. You know, experience interviewing. I said, Oh, of course. Yeah, I've interviewed tons of people. Of course. I interviewed one person. You know, at a radio <laughs> station event. So I lied, and then, uh, but they liked me. You know, and and they liked my energy, and they. Uh, I ended up getting the job and it was, I mean, it was crazy. It, it's, it was, um, it was awesome. And I don't mean to be like, Oh, what was me? I got this awesome job. And it was so, but I'm just being honest. It was like, there were, I would never go back in, in, in change. It was, it was, uh, one of the greatest periods of my entire life. And I'll always look fondly sure. back on it, but it's not to ignore, you know, me waking up every morning racked with crazy anxiety, like, you know, throwing up in the, for like six months, every single morning before work, wow. you know, wow. uh, just like not eating a lot, not being able to eat. It was like complete flight or fight or flight mode for like six months straight. Cause I was so nervous and yeah. my success was determined on the external approval of other people. I had no really control over like my the way I was viewed, you know, it's like teenagers are so fickle. They can like you one day and hate you the next and then you're gone. Yeah. And so it was crazy. It was, it was, I was 22 years old and now I, I meet, you know, like people who are 22 and I'm like, Oh, I would never get, yeah. I, I'm so, I'm shocked. They let me give you that license. Job. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'm like, can this person even like, 
oh my God, I want to help a 22 year old, you know, it's not like give them the keys to like right. the biggest show on television. Um, so yeah. it's just kind of, it's kind of wild uh, to, to, to think of that. But yeah, there was a lot of, and then of course, if you have no self-worth and like, you know, it's, it's, it's not that it's, but yeah, but then my friends would watch me like, oh, you're so confident. And you know, you're like so cool and confident. I'm like, really? Cause that's not what's happening in my head. I'm like, no, um, no. Yeah. Yeah. But it, dude, it's, it's, you had good, you had celebrity status overnight though. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, I did. I, yeah. Especially the MTV beach house. I'm sure that was fun. Yeah. And then oh, getting, so fun. going up to New York. Yeah. It's, yeah. It was so fun. It was everything you think it, you know, I'm not going to, I could tell stories and stuff, but it's like, it's everything you think it is. It was like no, it, yeah. being in a rock band, you know, it was like, it was crazy, you know, meeting, partying with celebrities and, you know, it was just nuts. It was nuts. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I could, I could go into like, I, I could ask you so many it's questions. It's a whole separate just my podcast. Own I know. I know. But you know, it, it's not. It's not the subject of the podcast, so. Well, you know what, too? There's I've done, and I stopped doing podcasts for a while because I ended up getting the same. I, I'm like, I'm doing the same podcast over and over. Just go listen to this. Because uh, because the questions are always, who's the coolest person you met? What's the coolest thing you've done? You know, what? We, but I've, I've never talked about um, how did you feel through this through this process, yeah. you know? And, and so that, yeah. this is a, yeah. Yeah. Look, I, I, I think, I think Ian is curious about just the fascination of, of, of getting that kind of job and like, what did it come with? So like you and me over beers. Yeah. yeah I would ask you, right. like, so what, what was that like to like totally. party with chicks like that? Our yeah. audience. And the reason why I, I, I started this show is because they need to know what you were feeling. They need to know what you were going through yeah. because it's more interesting that, that knows Damien from 2002 is like, yeah. that dude is confident as fuck. I want to be him inside, oh inside. You're like, Oh, how do people do this? My I mean, I had moments. I totally. And that was the majority of my experience. I mean, I did I have moments where I was like confident and like, yeah, you know, of course. Of course yeah, of course. Like, of course. you know, you get, it's, it's very, I mean, to put any 20 something year old. Yeah. In the biggest show on television. You have the key to New York City. You get any nightclub. You drink for free and, and party and, and you're hanging out with like celebrities. And it's like, it's it's almost unhealthy to like, to put someone young. Now, you know, you hear about like, you know, people, you know, uh, child stars and, you know, Michael Jackson and all that. And it's like, oh my God. And I wasn't even close to like, you know, right. these, these, these people who, 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 who were famous when they were a child. Right. And it's, it's such a weird it's, it's, it's not, it's not, we're not meant to do that. We're not meant to walk around and be, everyone be like, Hey, well, hey, I know you have, fuck you. Yeah. You're great. No, no, I hate that guy. I love that guy. You know? So you're like, you walk out and I was like paranoid. I'm like, what am I'm going to walk? I don't, what are people, what am I going to feel like today? You know, yeah. if someone sees me and I was like, fuck you, you suck. It's like, you know? Yeah. So, um, especially when that's the part who's... that I, I'm fascinated by the human experience. And that's the part I, I would, if we have more time, I dig into that a lot more. Maybe we'll do a, maybe we'll do an, another one that just digs sure. into like, like, I, I, you know what? Cause yeah, I, I think we should do another one because I, I'm curious about like, I, I, there's some celebrities who live in my neighborhood and, and I think about it and I go, Hey, does like, do they have extra like mind share burden that I don't have thinking like, does, is the plumber going to come here and like install a, 
a, a mini camera in my right my vents to like oh dude to totally blackmail paranoid. me like yes. I, I would be so fucking paranoid or uh, like if I were a sports star you know can I go to the grocery store or is it's a guy who runs like you know a bookie service like numbers running and sports betting behind the the deli that he you know owns yeah is, is he does he want to break my legs because he lost three bets on me last week i'd be so paranoid yeah. and, and that's the part yes. that you're alluding to and i i would open that up but it, it, for the lack of time sure i want to i want to just so so mtv goes so how, you weren't on mtv for decades you were on mtv for what seven uh, how long were you eight, on MTV? Eight, eight years eight years eight year. yeah 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 and then yeah. What, ha- what what happens after that um MTV TRL ended. I moved out here with my then girlfriend uh, to LA. Um, I got a hosting gig on this uh, big reality show on on NBC. It ran. I thought it was gonna, you know, I thought it was gonna have the the Jeff Probst Ryan Seacrest sort of career. Right, right. Um, you know, it would go twenty seasons, and I'd be set for life. And it went one season, and um, it didn't come back. And I sort of sat around for a year and a half not doing anything. And, and I remember during that year and a half, I Twitter, you know, all my comedian friends were on Twitter and they were tweeting jokes and that was always a bone. You know, I always had like a, uh, an, an itch that I wanted to scratch when I was on TRL, which was like, I'm more than just reading cue cards and this is number yeah. five. This is number, you know, I, I'm like, I've, I want to do comedy. I want to like, and so I, I said, you know what? I'm not, what else am I doing? Nothing while well, I wait for the next job. I'm going to tweet a, one joke every single day um, on Twitter and I'm just going to make it a practice. And so I did it and time went by. I got better at it uh, and more people followed me. I got retweeted by some, you know, some of my comedian friends. And then Seth saw some of these retweets and liked yeah. one of my tweets and followed me and retweeted me. And then that kind of snowballed, invited to like his birthday party, invited to the Ted 2 premiere. And, nice. um, and I was like, this is awesome. This is so great. I went to his Christmas party, which is legendary out here. And I'm going, this is so yeah. cool. I get to, yeah, Twitter's awesome. Uh, all the while, you know, I, I had started working full-time in radio, back in radio again. And, um, and I was like, this is great, you know? And so then one day out of the blue, my manager calls me and he says, I just got off the phone with the showrunners of Family Guy. And Seth wants you to write for Family Guy for the next season of Family Guy. And it was like, what? what? Wow. Uh, and that was Oh, oh my God, this is awesome. You know, and after the 10 seconds of celebrating, you know, being like, yeah, I am funny. All right, man. It's like, it's like, <laughs> oh shit, I have to make a decision here. Do I leave the comforts of radio to go and do something yeah. that I really want to do, but I'm so scared to do it. Um, and obviously I made the decision to do it and I've been there for nine years in, in November. Um, but wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, that's kind of how that, that's how that happened through Twitter. Really. That's so cool. I love that. That's such a yeah. cool story, man. Yeah, wow. it's wild. wild. Why were you not scared? I know we got to wrap. Why were you not scared on uh, like putting yourself out there jokes wise on Twitter? And then like, like why why did you have the confidence <sighs> to do that? But, you know, like I, I just think about that I think because it didn't matter. I, I I don't know. I when I when I get into things, like I said, I got like that laser focus thing. Yeah. takes over and I get obsessed with something and yeah and um you know you ever see a stand-up who's just starting out and he goes up and he does it and he's it's terrible yeah but he doesn't understand why it's terrible because he thinks yeah. what he's doing is is good because yeah. because when you start something 
you suck at it, right? Yeah, but you don't know you, you don't, you don't know you suck. Like if you're passionate, truly passionate about it, you don't know you yeah. suck. You go, oh, I'm just doing what, I don't get it. I'm, do, I'm doing like what George Carlin did or like my influences are, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm doing like my Steve, it worked for Steve Martin. I'm doing the Steve Martin thing. Well, you're not Steve Martin. You got to find your voice, right? And so, yeah. so it, so discovering your voice takes time. And so, and then it's only in retrospect, you go, oh, sh- God, those were, oof, delete those. Those were awful. They're not even jokes. So um, the confidence just comes, I think, with, with, with the obsession and the passion and you just go in blind and you go, I mean, when I started family guy, it was, I go, you know what, pulling the ripcord, this is it. I can't look back. I have to just go, you know? And it's yeah. like, whatever happens, happens. I'm going to embarrass myself. I'm going to make a fool of myself. But I, if I get a few jokes in awesome, that's all that matters. Sure. And that's what you kind of focus on, you know? That's so cool, man. I love that. Well, look, dude, yeah. I, I, uh, I have 50,000 more questions for you that, I know this feels like we spoke for like a half hour. I know, you know, <laughs> it it's, um, it's interesting because a lot of the time, a lot of the people that come on here, we don't end up talking about what I thought we were going to talk about. And usually I have a one sheet in front of me that says like, Oh, Hey, they want to talk about these three things and they're experts in right. this. This was just an intro from Mark Henteman for audience. For, for those of you who don't know, go back and listen to Mark Henteman's episode. Mark was, Mark's been on family guy for 20 plus years, I think long time, got a very yeah. interesting story and, very. um, introduced me to Damien. And, and so I didn't think this was going to go at all like that. And I really, really, <laughs> really, really want to thank you for opening up and being so damn authentic and honest, man, that, that made awesome. this episode really powerful. Oh man. Well, thank yeah. you so much. I mean, it's, it, it's awesome to, it's cool to, uh, to be interviewed by someone who's, who's, who's willing to go there with, with the guest, which is really awesome. And it helps, it helped me. So, um, sure. yeah, I, I appreciate it. I really do. Well, this is great. Great having you. And maybe we'll do a follow up and just, and dig into the show business side and how totally you would, I'll talk to you off air about it and we'll, we'll organize something. So we'll thanks for being here, dude. Really appreciate you and your time and, um, and audience you look up Damien Fahey. You can't miss him online. Like just type in his name on Google. You don't, I don't even have to give you his Instagram. Like just type in Damien Fahey on Google. That's how you know. That's how you know. I'm. That's how you know. I'm huge. By the way, if you type my name into Google, it something comes up. Yes, that's right. That's right. That doesn't happen for literally every other human being on the planet. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. So audience, this, this has been, this has been great. And um, so fun. Yeah, dude. We'll uh, we're gonna do another one of these. So for sure, I'm down. Absolutely. All right, I'm gonna let you go, audience. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you on the next one.